This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we have to go to all 52 and make a program about each and every one. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you are listening to Lincoln A to Z with me, Paul Tyler and Johnny L. Hoare. Hey, Johnny. Hello there. Hello. On Siren FM, which, as you know, was... East Midlands Station of the Year in 2013, and we've been we've been banging on about that in the introduction to this program for a whole year. But now it's with it's with deep regret that I have to pass on the news that now we've only got three programs of this whole Lincoln A to Z project for me to keep banging on about the fact that we are East Midlands Station of the Year 2014. Okay, cut that, Johnny. Cut that, Johnny. Cut that. Enough of that. Enough of that self frivolity. Uh, to business. We've got a map. Grid to poke around in. Johnny players this week's random selection, please. First name Paul, and I've been, uh, yeah, in working in Lincoln on um, a couple of modules at the university teaching the drama department. It's a really nice city, especially up by the cathedral where we went for curry last night. Nice and pretty out there. I've got a field there. N12. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. N12. So, Johnny, what does it contain therein? Okay, N12, we're calling it Sensor Bank. It's the area that's bound by the High Street, uh, South Park, and Canic Road. Um, and it's, it's an area that's probably popularly known as the Maze. Excellent. Okay, now if you know anything about this grid or any of our other 51, then you can email us lincoln8z to Z at sirenonline.co.uk. Uh, you'll find it on the Facebook, of course, and then there's Twitter. Hashtag Lincoln A to Z. And all those details and more, including podcasts for previous shows, are available on our fabulous website. LincolnAtoZ.co.uk But time now to find out what happened when Johnny and I visited the N12 grid square. And like so many of these visits, we took a trip down memory lane. Right, so here we are, N12, uh, and it's match day. Um, come on, you imps, I think is the, uh, is the phrase. In fact, I know it's the phrase. Uh, I used to get down to, uh, to Sinsel Bank all the time <laughs> in the 90s. Um, not so much lately, uh, because I'm no longer a young man that needs to spend his, his Saturday afternoons going and shouting at people. And it is good, it's good for that. It's a really good release uh, going down the football and uh, just shouting. It doesn't mean anything. What, you know, what goes on in there, it just, you know... You're shouting at some fella, they're shouting at you. Um, it's just a big shouting game. Right? You don't really need the, the players in the middle and the ball. You're just going to shout at each other. It's a really good release. And I, I, there is a, there's a certain part of me that actually does believe that uh, young men need that release of getting out and, and, sh- and shouting at stuff. I, I do remember, because I used to go, I used to go all the time and uh, this was when I see it's, it's funny because it, it sounds like I'm a glory hunter but this is like I think back when Lincoln were in 
oh, Division 2 or 3 or whichever. It was, they, was, they were reasonably high-flying. They were playing teams like Man City. In fact, I think we beat Man City once, and that was a good game, I think. <laughs> and I, the thing I remember about the Man City game that we played is that I never, I, I came away not knowing the score, and I can't remember if we drew or won, uh, but I, I knew I'd been down for, uh, for, for a drink or a pie or something like that, and I completely missed a goal. Um, and I ended up going to work the next day telling everyone the wrong score. It's, it's very reminiscent of, of, of coming down here tonight, seeing a few familiar faces uh, of the people that, that, that used to parade down. But then a midweek game, a night game, is very, I say very different, but you've got the scarfers here, not the, uh, the Saturday afternoon lads where it's part of the ritual to, to meet down the pub at dinner time, you know, maybe go to the bookies uh, and put a bet on. And, uh, and, 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 you know, sometimes bet against your own team because then even if you lose, you win. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a bit more sedate, um, but they've, they've still got that high price on the door. £18 it would cost us to get in here tonight. And that's not the reason we're not going in. Do you know what? I mean, we could have we could have played the old Siren FM card and we might have got discounted. They might have let us in for free, press pass, something like that. These things happen. Uh, but for some reason, uh, Johnny, and Johnny's here as well. Hi, Johnny. Hello. Um, we decided not to, didn't we? So we kind of decided that we, we didn't want to go. I, when we would first discuss this grid, I know, I know that... I was kind of reveling in the fact that you would be at a football game and I'd find that quite amusing. But I, I don't think that would make good radio. Uh, it would just be funny for me. But, you know, it's, it's not really your cup of tea, is it? No. Well, I mean, I, I did used to go as well until about maybe seven or eight years ago. You know, back in the glory days when Keith Alexander was still in charge and we were in the playoffs pretty much every year. Maybe that was an element of it. I enjoyed that. But I, as, you, as you allude to, I'm not really a sport person. I can't <laughs> get interested in it. I've tried. Believe me, I've tried. And I kind of envy people who are really into sport. It's a nice, simple, you know, enjoyable thing to be into. It doesn't mean anything. doesn't harm anyone. Uh, but I just can't get interested. I'm sorry. Um, but I did used to go all the time, mainly because of the, the kind of social side of it i.e. an excuse to go and have a drink, but also um, just the, the excitement of being in the ground. You know, particularly at that time, the attendances were a lot higher than I think they are now, uh, although the prices weren't a lot higher than they are now. And there was just a great atmosphere in the ground. The, the main stand for the big games, you know, when there was a, a major team coming to play, it would be packed, absolutely packed. Um, and it was just really exciting that something like that was happening right here in Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of places the size of Lincoln that haven't got a football team, or haven't got a proper football team with a proper stadium at least so we're quite lucky in that respect you alluded to Keith Alexander there uh, and uh, my one memory who's obviously sadly now uh, no longer with us and uh, my one memory of meeting Keith Alexander was when I was drunk I was in hospitality and I was talking to him about um, admittance prices because you know it was, it was probably the only reason I was there at that time was because uh, I was on a freebie uh, and free drink as well what a day that was and then, um, and he agreed with me. He was, he was very, he was very kind. And I think, it, to be honest, he just put up with me. Uh, whether he was just agreeing with me to get me to shut up or not, I don't know. Um, but I, you know, I remember the dignity of the man on that day. But I also remember him being uh, such a fabulous manager, taking us down uh, to uh, the playoffs uh, and getting down to Cardiff. I, you know, oh, yeah. um, you know, we lost oh, five, two, five, three to Bournemouth down there. It was a long old day, um, but you know. What an event to be at, and what a, what a wonderful shared memory for a lot of Imps fans back then. Um, and it's funny actually, they're still they're, back here at Sinsel Bank. They're still playing uh, Ocean Colour Scene from that period of time, uh, back from our glory days, if you like. And uh, also um, just before you got here, Johnny, because this is one of the few grids, and I have to bring it up uh, that I've got here before you. <laughs> um, so uh, on, the, on this on this attendance, uh, but they're also playing Champagne Supernova by Oasis as well, which yeah. is very much of that time. It's almost like they're kind of harking back to their glory days, isn't it? Like a kind of middle-aged man. Still walking around wearing his ocean colour scene t-shirt and 
they listen to Oasis and which pretending is, that the last decade hasn't happened. Yeah, which is kind of me, really. Yeah, so that's me. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we're very pleased that they're doing that. Uh, and long may they continue. When they start to play the script, uh, <laughs> uh, then we won't even walk down the same street, will we? That's right, go on, Ims. On, Ims. There used to be a fellow we used to sit down in the uh, in the stand there, the Echo Stand, I think it was. A fellow, a few a few ways down, and it, it, you could time your watch by him. You know, when the, when the referee blows his whistle to kick off, on, Ims. And uh, wonderful, wonderful times. Uh, oh my God, we should, I'm going to go back to the football at some point, Johnny. Uh, not right now. And it, it, it was a good release. I said right at the beginning of that. Well, we loosely loosely call it a report. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was kind of oh, yeah alright and uh, I do remember I do remember shouting and being away at Scunthorpe which mm. is uh, the away match is always a brilliant brilliant time you know you really feel you're up against it especially at Scunthorpe and uh, we were winning and we were we were shouting and we were shouting I mean, uh, there's some colourful language flying about I don't think I don't know, it probably wasn't but there was a policeman stood right in front of me and he looked at me and he said does that make you feel good does it and I said well yeah, it does actually. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real release. There's something, you know. There, 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 there's definitely something in that uh, that you know, young young people, you know, should uh, just shout once a week. Go into a field and shout once a week. Maybe in one of our uh, our nothing grids. Uh, talking of which, we've got one of those coming up right at the very end, very end of the series, uh, which we're uh, well, yeah, we're looking forward to. Um, maybe we might go out there and shout, Johnny. I think that's not a bad idea. Yeah, but it's interesting how those local derbies are the ones that kind of elicit the most emotion, isn't it? Because mm. You're playing people who are basically exactly the same as you. They probably come and shop in Lincoln. You know, you go to Boston or somewhere yeah, like that. Scunthorpe, but the closer, it? well, you know, have you been to Scunthorpe? I, I, I used to You'd work. You'd come to Lincoln if I, you could. I used to work there. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, we'll make another programme about that one, Johnny. <laughs> we'll do, uh, uh, yeah, we'll do uh, Scunthorpe <laughs> A to Z yeah, oh, yeah. next year. Excellent, right, OK. Now, it's not just uh, Johnny and I taking on these 52 grids. Uh, as well as Joanna covering the history, we've got Treff, who covers... Um, just what is it that Treff does again? N12 mascot. At one o'clock, the ground was already bustling with people as the mascot reported for duty. Yellow stewards, bibs abounded... Black-clad doorman, wired for sound, occasionally touched an ear and accepted his presence as he entered the inner sanctum, a place known only to players, managers and mascots. The elite. It was cold outside, so in the gaffer's office a heater heated. On the wall, a TV distracted, another match, another place, an earlier kick-off. During the brief audience they shook hands, pontificated, named names. Mused outcomes. The mascot then made his ritual way around the dressing room, autograph book at the ready and club biro poised. Illegible signatures told a familiar story. New kids on the block sat side by side with old hands on their way down and serving out time. Temporary loners and hopers going up or overlooked and not going anywhere. There was time now for a tour of the executive boxes. Warm, dry and soundproof, a buffet awaited their occupants. Sausage rolls, sandwiches and samosas. The club bar buzzed. Time to get ready. In his own changing room, he brushed on appropriate colours and made his way out onto the windswept, icy field of play to warm up. A couple of track-suited players kept him busy while his parents sought refuge in a tray of overcooked chips 
damp salt and a cup of tea. The time drew nearer and the tunnel sucked the pitch clean. Noisier grew the crowd and finally the youngster ran out, carrying ball and leading team. Photographs, coin tossing, handshakes, the kickoff. The game was the usual mix of highs and lows, disappointments and triumphs, disagreements and, unfortunately, a sending off. Can't laugh it, ref. Today, as on too many previous occasions, disappointment prevailed. They had run onto the pitch, tall and confident, title contenders. We seemed to walk on with heads bowed, though to be fair, our actual performance did not reflect this. As the afternoon became evening, high on the hill above the ground, the cathedral and castle turned to silhouette and looked down, keeping their thoughts to themselves. Nearby, a church tower and fire station had perhaps more to say as the crowd streamed past. The car park emptied slowly and the mascot, work done, went home. The genial and poetic Treffer Davis. And uh, to find out more uh, about Treffer, see more of his work, you can go to philosopherontap.com. Lincoln A to Z. Uh, you're listening to Lincoln A to Z. I'm Paul Tyler. Over the other side of the desk is Johnny Hoare. But ladies and gents, I'm honoured to introduce for the 50th time Joanna Hughes of the Lincolnshire Archives, telling us the history of our N12 grid square. Sinsel Bank is a familiar name to most Lincolnites, especially those who follow the fortunes or misfortunes of the imps. It's interesting to learn that although the stands we see today were constructed in the late 20th century, it's actually one of the oldest structures in our grid square, built in 1895 when it moved from its original site behind St Mary's Guildhall on the High Street. Familiar the name of Sinsel Bank may be, but how did it get such a name? Obviously it refers to the banks of the Sinsel Drain. This appears in the top right-hand corner of our grid square as it cuts its way through the Victorian streets on its way to the Witham. And we've probably been down Sinsel Street when shopping, but what does the name Sinsel actually mean? Well, let's go back. It's very hard to imagine that the area of this week's grid square, so densely populated and redolent of the city's proud industrial past, could ever have been sparsely populated and commercially unexploited. After all, it lies alongside the Roman Fossway into Lincoln, not far from where it meets that other great Lincolnshire road, Ermine Street, as it comes down Crossercliff Hill. Strip away the Victorian terraces, though, and get rid of the Sinsel Drain and Great and Little Gout Drains which join it, and you've got a much earlier landscape, prone to flooding from the River Witham, which would have been far wider and unharnessed than in later eras. Picture the area of Wigford to the left of our grid square, which had grown around the Fossway as it approached the city. Wigford was to become a thriving commercial suburb, as its large number of churches for such a small area suggest, some of which still exist today, of course, St Botolph's, St Peter at Gout's and St Mary de Wigford. There was a healthy market here, a pottery and a leather tanning industry, priories like St Catherine's and religious houses like the old Mallandry or Leper Hospital on South Common. The straight old road which passed north through Wigford on its way to cross the Witham at Highbridge where Stokes Cafe stands was laid on a raised causeway, although you can't see this on today's high street, above the boggy banks of the Witham to the west and the flood meadows of our grid square to the east. Flood meadows is actually an understatement. There are medieval references to a lake in this area which appeared in really wet weather. It even had a name, the Nikor Pool, which translates as Pool of the Water Sprite. Excellent pagan image there. So it's logical that to preserve this community, a ditch was cut through from the Witham on the west side to drain into the Witham on the east, although the date of its construction is a matter for conjecture with some believing it could only have been built by the Romans, whilst others think it was probably built several hundred years later. 
The dike didn't just defend the lower city from floods, though. It also performed a defensive role on the eastern side of Wigford. The west side was defended by the Witham, which flowed up to Brayford Pool. To maximise this extra security for the local inhabitants and businesses, along some parts of the bank a wall was built. It's referred to specifically as the Town Wall in some 18th century documents. Into this wall were cut two fine medieval gates, complete with turrets and bridges, Great Bargate and Little Bargate. They were still standing in 1724, albeit in a pretty poor state, when they were sketched by Samuel and Nathaniel Buck. It's quite nice to think that the little footbridge that crosses the Sinsel Dyke into Spencer Street today is a modern version of that little old timber drawbridge which would have crossed the dyke and entered Wigford through the medieval stone arch of Little Bargate. Old maps at the Lincolnshire Archives show how the Victorians took the existing drainage systems in the lower city and improved them, paving, or rather draining, the way for the terrace streets, which would house the workers who were going to help Lincoln's foundries and railway industry flourish. Well, speaking of railways, do you see that curve of St Andrew's Close in our grid square? Can you see how the grid plan of Victorian Street seems to stop just here? That's because in 1882, the Great Northern and Great Eastern Joint Railway Avoiding Line ran through here to carry goods traffic away from the city centre. Houses on St Andrew's Close and the cul-de-sac leading off Norris Street and Hope Street show where the railway line used to be and explains how the area of our grid square south of this line remained relatively underdeveloped. Sorry, I digress. Today we live in a time of climate change where so much of Lincoln is covered in tarmac and concrete, slab and stone, that the question of city drainage and water runoff has never been more pertinent. Apart from allotments and the grass of the football ground and sports fields, much of the area in this grid square, and actually far beyond, still relies on the unassuming but important sinsel drain to carry excess water safely away from the city centre. Oh yes, and how did it get its name? Well, whenever it was constructed, this early feat of civil engineering in Lincoln was originally known as the King's Dyke, but seems in time to have been relegated down to describe the true officer in charge of local admin at the time, the King's representative, or steward, known as the Seneschal. It became his responsibility, the Seneschal's Dyke, which, through the Chinese whispers of time, eventually became Sinsel Dyke. There you go. There you go. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, every time I go past uh, Sinsel Bank now uh, in the car, I'll be uh, educating the kids. I do this now. Every time we drive around the place, uh, you know, I sort of say, oh, there's the old entrance to Booton Park, all this kind of thing, you know, because of all the things we've learnt along the way, thanks to Joe Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archive. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot UK. Back out now to our N12 grid uh, for the second part of our visit. And we'll dedicate this to anyone who loves a big blue slide. This grid square N12 doesn't cover uh, all of Central Bank. Uh, but what it does do, and we're not really sure because it's a bit dark. We're out, we're out on a November night. It's damn cold. And uh, just looking across, and we're pretty sure that Playzone is probably in the grid. If not, we can see it from the grid. So we're going to talk about it. Playzone, what a wonderful place. It stinks. I mean, you know, uh, but that, that's not their fault. I'll tell you why it stinks. It stinks of sweaty kids, and there's, there's no getting around it. If you have uh, a place that's as wonderful as that for kids, uh, where they can just get lost in a big pile of safe foam uh, and go down the big blue slide. Johnny, tell me you've been down that slide. I haven't actually been in Playzone. No, no, I've been, I've been to another one of these kind of places. Um, and, of course, the other thing, as well as the stink, is that they're an absolute breeding ground for germs. Mm -hmm. And uh, both me and my wife got quite ill after, after going there. Well, this is why uh, you, you so, need to you expose know, yourself. You need yeah. to expose yourself to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, get down there, and then you get to toddle off and have a go on the big blue slide. That's what I'm, that's, okay. that's what I'm telling you. Right, it's okay. a sheer drop straight down, uh, and it's wonderful. You never feel more alive. Really? 
fantastic. Yeah, I think they do do um, adult parties there as well. You can, as a group of adults, mm -hmm. group of admittedly quite juvenile adults, you can hire out play zone for yourself without the kids even being there. Maybe that's where we should have the because uh, we're heading to the end of uh, of Lincoln A to Z now. I know we keep harping on about that, but we should have our our rap party we there. We should, yeah, yeah. Fine. We should probably point out as well that it's uh, <laughs> the well, it's the fourth of November yep. today. So whoever that is is a day early, which I take a very dim view of. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, it annoys me because well, there's, there's two reasons it annoys me. One is that I've got a dog. The star of the hang on, let, let, let's, let's not just say let's yeah, no, not, not dog stay dog. No. Uh, you've got the best dog in the world, yeah, Albert. Albert uh, the uh, Greyhound. Uh, yeah, of course, has uh, uh, appeared on previous programs. And he is a great dog, but he's petrified, like a lot of dogs are, of fireworks, and it drags on for about two weeks. Guy Fawkes now does and because of course, you know, this year it's falling in the middle of the week, Wednesday. Some people will do it tomorrow on the Wednesday, but of course a lot of people want to do it on a Saturday or a Friday if they've got kids there and all that sort of thing. So the whole thing drags on for about a fortnight, which I think is a real shame, because just think how much better it would be if everyone was doing it on the same night, if it was a great big community event and everyone was having their parties on the same night at the same time, the sky would be lit up with fireworks. As it is, you get this pathetic, spitty little dribble of parties <laughs> over a two-week period, and Albert just spends a full two weeks shaking in his boots. But... Uh, yeah, I just think we need to all agree. We need to get together and agree. You, you know, we'll, we'll do it the Saturday after the 5th of November or something like that. And all do it together and make it a great big community event instead of this pathetic little dribble of private, separate events. Yeah, I can feel a Facebook campaign coming on. <laughs> now, uh, if you think back to the 24-hour uh, the grid where I spent 24 hours in the, in the centre of Lincoln, um, that's what he's talking about there. That's what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> so as um, uh, if you if you cast your mind back to when I spent 24 hours in the centre of Lincoln, uh, I alluded to a shop name called Barber Black Sheep. Fantastic! I, I, that'll remain with me till the day I die. I'm sure. Um, another opportunist um, uh, shop name has appeared. There's a chippy here, uh, and I've seen plenty of people going in and out just before the match. Back of the net uh, on Scorer Street. Um, I don't know what they're like, uh, but I've had my tea, so uh, we're not going to find out tonight. So moving around now, and we're into the maze. Uh, they used to call the maze. It's not that big, is it? It's not really not that big, is it? <laughs> Just a few streets. Well, I think I mean, the last time I heard it called the maze, actually, was on Channel 5's Police Interceptors. Even they really? referred to it as the maze. The police call it the maze. Um, I think the, the reason for it is that all the streets kind of look the same. And there are a lot of dead ends around here as well. If you look on the map, lots of very, very tiny streets that are dead ends. And if you don't know your way around, you can very easily end up getting lost. I think it's fair to say a lot of these houses now are going to be houses of multiple occupancy. So uh, when you're walking past someone, you know, you're walking past some of these, these houses. And I, I do what I do, in, not just because we're doing this for the radio, but what I always do in normal life. Uh, and that's look through windows <laughs> all the time. Usually to see what people are watching on telly. I find that an uh, endless source of amusement. Uh, but a lot of the time now you're looking, actually looking into someone's bedroom if you're doing that. So uh, obviously you need to be careful. It's interesting we're walking in the centre of the road here as well because the footpaths are being kind of blocked by a combination of cars and wheelie bins. So it's kind of easier to walk down the middle of the road. And a little bit more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't tell my kids that. So not less than, well, three minutes ago, uh, I said, well, it's not really a maze, is it? Uh, we've walked down one street, Jonathan Hall, and... Uh, I don't know where I am now. <laughs> I'm a little bit lost. I know, I know which way I'm facing. Facing west. Uh, but what I don't know is what street I'm on. All right, now, now I know where we are. 
Cross Street, uh, which wait—the the name is itself because this is the one street probably uh, that runs through this maze area. Uh, and just past there, it's quite hard to tell in the dark, but there is a little area there. Um, there's no real entrance to it, but it's, it's very much set aside as a, just a very, very tiny green area. No one's built on it yet. I bet someone is thinking I could get uh, a three-story, uh, one-bedroom studio apartments in there. Uh, but for now, there's a tree and. Uh, do you know what? It's, the rest of it is it's conspicuous because uh, that tree's been allowed to grow. But now I suppose, you know, when, when I, I mentioned about the maze not being that big, I, when you're in it, this is it. I was looking, I tell you why I said that, Johnny, because I looked at before while I was waiting for you, right? <laughs> Which is a phrase I get to use so rarely that I need to ram it home. While I was stood there in the freezing cold waiting for you, um, I was just looking. I was looking at the map, looking at the grids, uh, and it just looks like a few crisscrosses on the on the map, and doesn't you know doesn't see that big. And now you're actually inside it. This is what things like uh, the Hunger Games must be like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you look at it on our map, it's so densely packed that they can't even fit the full names of most of the streets onto the map. It's a real kind of jumble of letters. As you say, in, in terms of area, it's probably not that huge. If you walk from one side to the other, but it's just so packed with streets and corners and houses. Every every square inch is filled. Well, someone, uh, while we're still messing around here, uh, someone's busy working in the. Uh, well, it looks like a barber's, but he's doing. Uh, he would appear to be doing highlights. Um, so he's kind of a multitasking barber. That's pretty good. Um, and across the road from the barber's is uh, Angela's son. He buys and sells second-hand furniture. I'm assuming that uh, during the daytime they would put stuff out here on the streets. But what what I like about this, Johnny, is the opening hours. Uh, closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, which uh, you know seems quite a relaxed way of, uh, of running a business, but uh, no doubt they're making money uh, elsewhere. Well, I think Angela's son is probably just spending a lot of time in bed. <laughs> yeah. Angela's a bit disappointed in him, I think. Actually. Well, maybe he makes so much money on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he doesn't need to bother. So we're at the junction of uh, Ripon Street and Cross Street. And um, I remember this, this place well because I had a, a, an accident here. I got knocked off my, my bike. Uh, I'd actually just been and had my bike sort of renovated and, you know, given the once over at the bike repair shop down on Canic Road. Uh, and I was, I was cycling back, literally having I mean, just paid to have it all done up. And a car was coming the wrong way down Cross Street. It's, it's a one-way street. A group of teenagers, about, you know, 20 of them packed in a car. You know how they do. And they, because they were coming the wrong way, there's no give way sign there because you're not meant to be going that way. And they just came straight across the crossroads at the exact moment that I was cycling across in the opposite direction. Um, and uh, I got lifted up on the bonnet of the car, uh, smashed against the windscreen, shattered the windscreen with my uh, shoulder and elbow, and then thrown back on the road again. My bike was completely knackered up and damaged. Apparently it was quite a spectacular hit. And the, the, the barber shop on the corner there, there were people in that and they all kind of come rushing out. And then there was somebody in the shop just on this corner here. Uh, loads of people come rushing out in the street to see what had gone off. Somebody called an ambulance. And, yeah, apparently people were slightly surprised when I just sort of stood up and started um, remonstrating <laughs> with with the owner of the car. Um, they say that time slows down in those kind of moments, and it actually genuinely does. I saw the car coming. I could see it wasn't going to slow down or stop. I lifted my leg up on that side. I had time to do that. Uh, and it was a, a small car. If it had been like a people carrier, I'd have been absolutely knackered. And, yeah, time genuinely did slow down. I can remember it, even just standing here now, I can remember it incredibly clearly, like it happened yesterday. It's very, very strange. 
Well, this must be horrifying for you. I mean, it sounds, it sounds horrific. <laughs> Being run over, uh, you know, just it, it sounds... It's the last. It's the last thing you want. It's going to ruin your day, isn't it? It kind of did put a crimp on my day. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Johnny. Your injury worries on this corner uh, are about to increase, right? Uh, okay. Because I've just seen over there. Look, look. You can see it. Uh, a yellow mini, uh, which means as I'm the first person to spot the yellow mini, I get to punch you. <laughs> is, is that a rule? I've never heard that. Yep. Yeah. 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 We, uh, we play you it. Made that rule. Oh, it's a yellow mini game. You look out for the. You look out for the yellow <laughs> mini, uh, and the first person to see it shouts yellow mini and punches the person next to it. Right. That's twice I've been punched. Uh, so you're actually in debt to a yellow mini. Next time I see a yellow mini before you, Johnny, yeah. uh, I can't, I'm not allowed to hit you because I've hit you. You know, I, I've hit you twice there. Uh, yeah. I'd, the... say, I'd say you're not allowed to hit me anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm making that a rule. Okay, all right. Okay, well, you know, I mean, as the producer of the program, someone mm. would say you're in charge. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's, it's constantly up for debate. Fifty programs in, we're still not ever so clear on that. So, um, so we. It, it, me and my eldest play that the, the, the yellow mini game and uh, this very day this very day Johnny we had a conversation um, and bear with me bear with me about, about being tasered she was talking about the police and a taser okay and uh, she said she wonders what it feels like and I said I wonder I don't want it to happen to me no but I, I wonder what happens and I, I suppose the same I get the same sort of feeling it occurs to me now um, about being run over I, you wonder you wonder <laughs> what you're going to do in that situation most of the time you have very little um, thoughts on it yeah. um, and, and uh, here I am in front of someone who uh, well, you're a bionic man apparently yeah I mean I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> no. it, it was an experience but um, yeah I mean the tasering thing as I understand it um, police who carry the tasers mm-hmm. as part of their training they have to be tasered as well so they'll know what it was really like. yeah yeah so I've heard do you fancy? I mean, do you want to be tasered, Johnny? Is this what you're saying? Uh, I think I'd rather be tasered than hit by a car again. All right, okay. Well, I'm, pl- I'm pleased we've cleared that up. Yeah. Uh, here on uh, Siren FM, East Midlands Radio Station of the Year, we've <laughs> <laughs> we've cleared up. Uh, we've cleared up that. But then the important stuff now, Johnny. The blue slide. When uh, do you think you're going to get to have a go on that blue slide? Because uh, your beautiful little girl, Connie. Uh, how old is she now? She's, uh, well, she's in about 15 months yeah, now. No, sorry, I should have prepared you for that question. Yeah, no, I, I, I know, just have to do a quick bit of maths. Yeah, I know, yeah, right. Okay, so you're looking probably oh, a good few years yet before you stood at the top of that blue slide trying to persuade her that it's okay to go down it. Mm. And then she's going to say, well, why don't you go down, Daddy? <laughs> and you're going to go, yeah, okay, okay. And you're going to sit on the edge. You're going to perch yourself on the edge. Yeah. And for a few seconds, you're going to say to yourself, there's nothing I can do about this. I've got to do it to prove that it's going to be okay. And halfway down, you'll feel ecstatic. It's exactly the same at Yarborough Leisure Centre, jumping off that top board. Um, you know, that, the, the look of hope and dreams in your, in, your, in your child's eyes, looking up as you do something a bit daft, um, <laughs> as you're trying to persuade them to do it, you know, and get on with, with, with their life, is, uh, well, you know, you have, you have to overcome these things. Yeah, well, I look uh, forward to that. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, oh, it's the most wonderful experience. Lincoln A to Z. A question of Lincoln. The bells of Lincoln Cathedral uh, can mean, well, they can mean only one thing. It's time for a question of Lincoln. Johnny, would you please go first? Okay, yeah, I'll go first this time. Nice, uh, nice easy one for you. Thank you. Now, we spent some time at Sinselbank Stadium uh, this week. Mm. And, of course, the stadium is best known as a venue for football. Uh, in its time, it's been used as a music venue playing host to the likes of The Who, The Kinks, 
and of course Lee Ryan from Blue. <laughs> uh, but it's also been used for other sports. Okay. Which of the following sports have not been staged oh, at okay. Central Bank? Okay, oh, which has not been staged at Central Bank? As always, Johnny. I mean, all of your question very clever. Okay, go. Yeah, not bad, is it? Is it A, American football? B, lawn bowls? Oh. Or C, cycling? Your ten seconds starts now. Well, I think American football's a given. So it's got to be one of the others. Cycling. How would you cycle there? You go up and down. By the time you got up and on it, you, you, know, you, you need stabilizers to keep. I'm going to say cycling. It's not been used for cycling. So it's not been used for cycling. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not been used for lawn bowls. Oh. The, the crowd would be too far away, wouldn't they? Yeah, I suppose they would. Yeah, I suppose they would. Uh, cycling. Cycling. Apparently, I can't. I can't tell you any more than that. But. Well, in which case, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to refer this back to where uh, the adjudicator, Lincoln A to Z, omnibusman. Right. Okay. Now, my question this week, Johnny, is very much a, a retrospective, an inward-looking okay. question. Right. Uh, basically, I got fed up of thinking about questions of other people. Um, so I thought I'd focus on us. Okay. Uh, more specifically, this glorious, battered, weathered, tatty, crucial, occasionally inaccurate Lincoln A to Z map that has accompanied us on our journey. And I don't use that word journey in the X-factor sense because we've actually been somewhere. My question of Lincoln to you, Johnny Elhor is. This map that has been the bane of our lives for some two years now uh, was published in 2007. Now, keeping there with the X Factor theme, who was the winner of X Factor <laughs> in 2007? <laughs> this is incredibly tenuous. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I brought my crowbar to, to, to shoehorn this one mm, in. Okay. Uh, okay, was it? <laughs> Come on, give me a break. Was it <laughs> uh, A, Leona Lewis, B, Leon Jackson, or C, my favourite, Matt Cardle. Uh, okay, what year was this again? 2000, and... 2000. I can't believe we don't know the year that our map, <laughs> the Lincoln A to Z map, was published. I, I can't remember. Yeah, right, I'm really. This is a thin veil of me, Johnny, having a go at you because I've thought of a rubbish question. Um, 2007. 2007. Does that, I'd like that makes a difference. I, I think that might be Leona Lewis. Nope, you're incorrect. I'm, uh, okay, Matt Cardle. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not on the go, but. No, you're incorrect. <laughs> oh, the uh, other one then. Yeah, yeah. Leon exactly, Trotsky. Exactly. Yeah, Leon, yeah, that's, that's the fellow. Yeah. Whoever he was, wherever he was. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Find us on Twitter at Lincoln A to Z. Okay, for the second time uh, in this particular episode, our N12 grid episode, um, Treff, our resident philosopher on tap, does just what he does best. N12. A night of deep reflection. That night, a lone trumpeter climbed to the top of the castle walls and, facing outwards, sounded the last post. The mood around town was sombre. This was a night to focus the mind. People sat in pubs in their accustomed seats, but the usual Saturday night banter was absent. The notes from the trumpet brought everywhere to a dead silence. Walkers stopped walking, passing cars pulled in, and inside, jukeboxes were turned off. As the music faded away, everywhere remained still as folk contemplated what lay ahead. The Blue Square Bet Premier League.
our thanks to Trev and I would go to philosopher on tap.com uh, to find out more of Trev's work if I were you. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Uh, okay, right, so uh, time to, wait, well, time to lock the doors and get out of here now. This is, uh, we're going to, um, let's have a look here. What does it say on here? Oh, that's it for another week. It says it, it says it on the script, does it? it? Yep, yep. Look. You've written it down. Yep. Well done. I know, I need that written down. <laughs> uh, thanks to Joe and Trev, of course, for their contributions. And of course, thanks to you for listening. This has been a Joe Schmo production for the award-winning Siren FM. Mm-hmm.